You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. First quarter especially, but most of the first half, the defense played at such a high level. Did you have a feeling that how dialed in they were going into the game based on the preparation, um, even before the, the first half? Yeah, I, I felt good about the whole week of preparation. I felt good about the answers that we knew we would have. Um, I n- felt really good about the plan, and you know, it was just about execution. You know, um, it was a high energy game, so you just you get worried about eyes in the wrong place. And you know, on defense, you can play really good, and all of a sudden, one guy gets his eyes in the wrong place, and next, you know, it's an 80-yard drive play, and everybody thinks you're playing horrendous. So. You know, I did feel good about everything going into it. Um, I thought those first six drives, you you might not be able to play better. You know, so there were some things in it that I thought weren't perfect, but uh, I thought the effort overcame those. Um, but you know, we started the game out really fast. Adam, the uh, the third down stop you guys had at the end of the game to get the offense the the ball back, the the energy and the effort, whether it's Jermaine going yeah. across the field. Please just speak to the to the effort that was shown on that play. How important it was to, to yeah, and I, that moment. And I go back Friday. We're practicing and we run whatever a naked out of pocket play. And Jermaine sprints 20 yards on Friday at 9:30 in the morning to chase the guy down. And we had other guys leveraging it. But I paused in my office as I watched it, and it just it makes you feel okay. The training's there, you know. And it wasn't because I said on this play I want your best. Said, no, that's just how we have to practice. And um, so I think that went into it. But, you know, Kalen was right there. Um, Duke was right there. Jermaine finished it up. It, you know, it was a critical play. It was a really good point in time. Amarian Cooper is a kid that you've talked highly of leading up to that moment. But he gets a start against a team from down his way. Him handling the emotions, playing at the high level he did, how much did that, I don't want to use the word surprise, but how much did that stand out to you? Just how good can Cooper be in the end? You know, it's, it's really – we had a chance to recruit him. And I know it was over Zoom for the most part, but, like, I recruited down there in the Fort Myers area, and a couple of his high school coaches, a couple of them have been recruiting down there. So I knew a lot about him. And so just to see him now in those moments, he's the same kid. You know, um, he missed some of fall camp, but I, I knew he was going to – have the personality to be able to handle it. You know, was he going to be okay enough physically? Could he catch up to it um, mentally? The speed of the game, all those things, I wasn't sure. But I mean, he's got a he's got a really humble confidence to him. You know, and he expects to make all those plays, and um, um, he he wants to please. Um, he's always been a seminal, you know, in his mind, and so I think that means something. 
and to see him go out there on a big stage and, and come up big was, was critical for us and really important to his growth. And I think he, he's got an extremely high ceiling. Going back to the, the Friday, Jermaine uh, makes a hustle play in practice. Is that, that's become the norm for him at this point, I'd imagine? Well, it's become the norm for us, you know, and I think when your best players are your hardest workers, um, I think that sets the tone for everybody. When they're not, you get decisions to make as coaches. Either you move them out of the way or you continue to coach it hard so that they understand it's not acceptable. But when, when, you're, when your best players are your hardest workers, it makes things a lot more um, streamlined as far as what it's supposed to look like. And so I think he's helped that. Uh, there's been several guys on that defense that have helped that. And um, I appreciate it, and, but it's the expectations. When we were here a week ago, uh, I think I think Jalen Knight and their running game was the first thing you really talked about in, in his 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 play. Um, he did hit you guys on the pass, but uh, the w- the way you guys defended the run and the way you guys bottled him up, uh, how pleased were you? Um, I mean, we did a great job in the run game, and even when it wasn't perfect with our fits, um, you know, our technique up front and our playmaking overcame it. Um, you know, there were. There were just there were a lot of plays that those run lanes closed really quickly, and um, I credit to the guys up front. They set the wall first. Um, they've condensed a lot of space this year, uh, and then we tackled well, you know, for the most part, especially in the run game. So um, I think he's an explosive back. You know, they've been really good on offense. The tempo has really gotten people. There's you know a lot of big plays they've created because of it, um, but I thought we handled that well. I don't want to ask you a uh, couple of the series in the second half when you guys had a great, were great in the red zone. They get the balls tipped, kind of a fluky play. Another one, you guys get the stop. They miss the field goal. You get the running into. I guess as a coordinator, when you're doing everything right, but the results don't match that. I mean, your guys obviously bounce back from it at the end. But how do you, how do you keep that level of the guys when stuff like that in a crazy emotional game is happening? Yeah, I think we train for it year round. You know, we constantly are trying to put them in situations where they where I don't know if they're going to succeed or fail. And you're not afraid of either. But when either happens, what's next? And then how do you react to it? And I think the consistency of that occurring day in and day out is how you prepare for those moments. You know, and that's the only way I can tell you that whether it's in meetings, walkthroughs, offseason, recruiting, you know, something's going to happen as a reaction to the event. How's our reaction and then what's the response? And just be consistent within that of the correction, the standard, the expectations, and then move forward. And I think that helps our guys um, because there is a ball gets tipped. You know, that's going to be a pick six if it's six inches the other way. They catch the ball and we have two guys on the original play that are in position. You know what I mean? So do I get upset about the reaction? I can't believe they scored a touchdown. Or is it, hey, this is what happened. and. Did you see the route? Did we match it? Were we in good position? Did we let the quarterback out of the pocket? Whatever it was. So I just think that starting from Coach Norvell and then it trickles down to our staff and trickles down to our players. And it's just kind of the way we operate right now. Along that line, there was, there was a series of five possessions where they scored on four, I think, right there in the middle of the game uh, with those two freaky plays and two other drives. Um, what, what, what did, did anything change in uh, what you were doing defensively? Uh, that allowed those scores? 
Yeah, or yeah we didn't cover the wheel route. What's that? You know, that was an issue, right? They had three wheel routes that, you know, two other times we got them covered, they didn't get covered, and, you know, that's not something that we really want to let happen around here, but it happened, so not good. So that, that was pretty much what they did. Well, I mean, wheel. yeah. Okay. Looked like Kalen Deloach was more demonstrative and getting guys lined up. Is that a matter of was he playing a different, having a different role? Is that him just being more confident? That's kind of been him, you know, this year. You know, there's a reason why he's in the middle of our defense and he plays the most. Um, number one, he, he's talented. He plays hard and he's a good tackler. But I mean, he takes things personal. I mean, he's he's an aggressive leader. Um, and you see his energy when we make stops. You see his energy not only when he makes plays, but when others make plays. But, you know, it is. I mean, when you got 80,000 of the best fans in the country yelling and screaming, and you got to get guys lined up, like, you can't do it quietly. So um, he knows that, and that's part of the reason I think he's part of the answer for us. Adam, that was probably the best, one of the best, probably the best wide receiver group you faced. Uh, did you think your cornerbacks, for the most part, kind of stood up to the challenge and competed? I mean, they made some great catches where your guys were right there, but then you guys had some an interception and a couple pass breakups too. Yeah, I mean, I thought for the most part, like I said, if you look back, it, you know, it wasn't really the wideouts, you know, that really affected the game. You know, it was some of the just throwbacks to backs or angle routes that the backs hit on some rub routes and things, some of that nature. So I think for the most part, I thought. You know, Jarvis and Duke really stood up, and Kevin Knowles, you know, th those are our three guys that kind of have to play a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage, and we give them help, you know, in, in different ways, but, you know, I thought they stood up. I mean, Jarvis, you know, he was going against their most targeted receiver, so obviously he had more opportunities. Duke made just about all of his plays, but Jarvis had really good coverage on a couple of them, and, um, you know, just sometimes it's a bang-bang play and things we want to get cleaned up, but I thought he battled for sure. I don't know if you had talked beforehand with Jermaine, giving him the prerogative to tell subs to go back off the field. Um, is that something that he has specifically, or do guys always have that? And then also, him and Kier, uh, besides the playmaking, just with the leadership they've given you guys this year. Yeah, so, you know, in substitutions, like you have set substitutions, but as the game goes on, like those substitutions become um, obviously, you can't set them in stone, you know? And listen, I. I wouldn't want him to react in any other way, to be honest with you. You know, um, you know, Coach JP and Coach Dell do a great job up front of making sure that we try and keep those guys fresh. Um, but again, that happens in practice sometimes. You know, if if a play didn't get done right and he needs to fix it, or Kier or Fabian, I mean, most of those guys. You know, I can remember last week Fabian saying, "Coach, run at again." You know, and sometimes I want to move on because we got other snaps that we got to get. But when you're when you're really good players, you know, set a tone and set a standard. You know what I mean? That makes me proud because that's that's what you're looking for. Did I answer your second part? Okay. Another question about uh, Jermaine, and I'm curious when you're doing film study, you want teaching moments for guys. I'm sure you pull out plays from games. The play he made on third down again at the end, coming across the field, making that stop, because maybe it goes to fourth and one, or maybe he converts it at that point, maybe the whole game changes mm -hmm. in that. Is that the kind of play you'll use going forward, not just this season and beyond a teaching moment to your guys? Will that be in your regular loop? Just the hustle play on the gang yeah, tackle? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we showed it. You know, it was um, it's just another insight. I mean, we try to 
celebrate as much effort you know, in physicality plays as we can. I mean, there's, there are schematic plays you're trying to talk about. There's technique plays, but there's mindset plays too. And when you're playing good football, you know, just the, the toughness, the mindset, the effort, the pursuit, those are things that you can't show enough about. And, you know, it's a big part of why we're getting better this year because I'm able to show us do it um, instead of creating other film uh, from around the country. And, um, you know, so, so that's been all part of the growth. I know you're 100% focused on this week today, um, but do you ever, when you're home or in, in, away from the, the, the office, do you ever think about some of the young guys that you have in this unit and what this could look like? I mean, we talked about Duke and, uh, you know, Kevin Knowles and, you know, Peyton and Shaheem. And, I mean, you've got some really talented young players. Do you ever think about, okay, this the future? Yes, because it's our job, you know, because we're recruiting every single day. And so you're always like, you know, this is this guy, and where is he going to end up playing for us next year? Because that's all comes in decisions that we're taking as far as this class. So constantly thinking about that, you know, position moves, um, you know, even whatever week we're in, we're still, I mean, you know, we're getting, going up against a team that plays a lot of two tight end sets. So it's like, Okay, do we have all the guys in the right spots to get the right reps this week? So this position moves still being made, you know, like, and I'll, I had sit downs with two guys yesterday of, listen, your role is going to be different this week. This is where, this is what you're going to be expected to do. Do you understand? Are you comfortable? Do you have any questions? You know, because I think communication, because as a leader, if you have a vision and a plan and then you communicate it and you give the reasons for it, now you got a bunch of guys that believe in it and they move forward, you know, and I think that's important. But yeah, we're constantly thinking about the younger guys. Um, but even at linebacker, I mean, you got, you know, some young guys there and I mean, you got a bunch of different crew out there. I mean, at one point, Jarrett Jackson, Malcolm Ray, Quayshon Fuller, and Derek McClendon are on the front line all together. And you just, you keep moving. Coach, watching BC, it's like, I don't know, 1992 AFC East football. I mean, they're, they got, you know, ace formation, one back, under center. Uh, why, I guess, is there personnel? Is that why they dictate that sort of style? What allows them to sort of execute that style of offense? And how unique is that uh, attack that uh, BC has right now with Signetti? Well, I, I just, they are under center a little bit more, you know, so um, than you face throughout the years. Um, but all, that also opens up some more downhill runs and supply action passes too. But, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm sure it goes back to the coaching staff. I think that's why it just happens to be in that region of the country too. But, you know, that's their philosophy. That's how they want to set their offense. And um, they've won more games than they haven't this year. So, I mean, they've, they've done a nice job, especially as of late with the quarterback being back. Um, they had over 500 yards last week and had no problem moving the football. So. Um, there are definitely there are some tight ends in that program. There's a mindset in that program that you can see on tape um, when they operate on offense. So um, we're working to put a plan together right now to make sure that we go up there and play our best. When that game <clears throat> when that game ended on Saturday, what were your emotions like watching a team celebrate, watching a player celebrate with one another, and also seeing how elated Odell was? Yeah, I mean. The greatest reward about coaching in my mind is to see your players, your staff, be excited about the results, knowing that it was about the work that went in. I know that's a weird answer, but that, and I usually, when we have success, you know, whether it's 
taking the ball away, getting a stop, or even after wins, you know, I, I tend to just kind of go away, <laughs> you know, and just kind of I enjoy watching it, um, just the smiles on their faces and the excitement. Um, and honestly, I'm getting more excited because usually that means they're going to have great energy the next day for practice, you know. Uh, but it is, it's super enjoyable. Um, and, to, to, and to see the families of the players and the families of the coaches, you know, everybody kind of rallies around winning, right? And everybody feels good about it. So um, it just creates a really good excitement. I mean, just to come out here at two and a half hours after the game and see, you know, hundreds of fans around Coach Bowden's statue, I mean, that's what this program's about. You know, the winning brings that to light, right? And um, obviously we want to do a lot of that. But, you know, it just it shows how much this program means to so many. And it really becomes pretty important because it allows you to understand that you can impact a lot more people at a place like this positively, um, which, you know, makes you feel really good about it. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. Phone charge. <laughs>